Girlfriends, episode number 90, Moms Need Friends, with Emily Jaminette. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about how every woman, regardless of her state in life, needs good girlfriends as part of her everyday life. Joining me for the conversation is author and speaker Emily Jaminette. I can't wait to share our conversation, so let's get going. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome. Welcome to another week. Welcome to another show. I'm so excited that you're here. A special welcome to anyone who's listening for the first time. This week's show is a little bit different if you're a new listener. Uh, I often just share about a topic myself, but this week we have a guest. Occasionally I pull in people from various parts of Catholic woman life who are authors or speakers or otherwise involved in doing good things in the world that I want to share their stories with you. So this week I have a special guest, Emily Jaminette, who's going to be joining us in just a little bit to talk about her newest book, The Friendship Project. So we're going to be talking about friendships and the importance of friendships. But first, I want to tell you that I had a great weekend. I was in Indiana this past weekend, a beautiful, beautiful weekend in Indiana. Um, I guess I missed a little rain back home, but it was just a beautiful fall weekend in Carmel, Indiana, where I was with the women of St. Elizabeth Seton Parish. What a great day we had on Saturday. I was there to present my You're Worth It retreat. And I've told you before that this retreat is very flexible. We've done it in all different places. All different kinds of people have sponsored it. Parishes and women's groups and dioceses and even just individuals who kind of get together and want to make it happen for the women of their community. This was a beautiful parish um, with a beautiful facility, but we really were very efficient in how this came together. And the entire day retreat was just from nine in the morning to one in the afternoon. We just moved it right along. And well, what a beautiful, I mean, I'm always struck by when we get women together to share this retreat or to be at a conference together. I'm always struck by the beauty of women coming together to share in a real way about everyday life. And that's part of what we do in the You're Worth It retreat is I have presentations, but then there's time for journaling and reflection and then time to share together about the topics that we're talking about. And women from, you know, grandmotherhood, great-grandmotherhood, all the way down to like college age, really came together and shared from their hearts about these things that are so important to us. And that is always so encouraging for me to see because... We all need that. We all need that in our lives. And when we're able to facilitate it in that way, I always pray to the Holy Spirit at the start of these retreats and throughout these retreats, you know, to to come into our hearts and to help us to speak the words to one another that we really need to hear, to help us to encourage one another, because we need that so much. So I was really gratified by how well the the weekend went. Um, And a special shout out to Kate Conway, who shuttled me around and was at my service the entire weekend, made me feel truly welcome in Indiana. Um, Kate Conway, for those of you who may not know, is... um, founder of motherhoodpress.org. You can check out some great planners and other materials that she publishes there for um, Catholic women. Really just beautiful stuff. Um, Anyway, so thank you to the women of Indiana. And if you happen to be interested in having me 
bring the Your Worth It retreat to your parish or your community, you can go to daniellebean.com forward slash retreat, find out more about it there. Or if you're just interested in having me come and be a speaker at your event, uh, you can go to daniellebean.com forward slash speaking and find out about that. I still have some dates available for Advent. If you're thinking about an Advent retreat or Advent uh, day event, Advent conference, whatever it is, um, I still have some dates open in December and then um, in the new year as well. But anyway, since I've been back home, I am enjoying my first cold of the season. You might hear it a little bit in my voice. I've been such a baby about this. I guess because I haven't been sick in so long, I've been really blessed to be avoiding illness for a while now. I am just being a baby about having a headache, about having congestion, about having a sore throat, about coughing, and about having a fever. I think that's the worst, having a fever. And that's how I really knew I was sick, was when I felt like I couldn't get warm the other night. Um... Anyway, I hope that you're healthy. I'm hoping to not share this with too many people. But you know, this morning as I was driving home after dropping my son Stephen off at school, I was thinking about it because I, I had taken medication, but it hadn't yet kicked in and I was really feeling my headache at that point. And I was thinking about what babies we are, how comfortable we're used to being. And, and actually, I was especially thinking about it in the car because I was adjusting the temperature. You know, in, in my car, uh, you can adjust the temperature, you know, by one degree. You know, you can be like, oh, you know what? 72 doesn't feel really good to me right now. I'd, I'd rather it be 73 in here, you know? <laughs> so ridiculous that we're that comfortable, you know, that we have that level of control over our environment or and that we're accustomed to it. Anyway, maybe that's a whole other show. <laughs> should do a show on suffering and offering it up because actually that is a question that I get pretty frequently from people about that whole concept of offering it up, uh, what exactly that means. Um, anyway, so I'm going to be offering up this cold and I'm going to add all of you guys to my intentions here at Girlfriends as I'm getting better this week. Hello everyone. I'm happy you're here because it's a special day here at Girlfriends. I have a special guest that's joining me today. Today I'm with Emily Jaminette. Emily Jaminette is contributor to CatholicMom.com and co-author of Divine Mercy for Moms and The Friendship Project. She serves on the leadership team of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. Emily earned a bachelor's degree in mental health and human services from Franciscan University of Steubenville. She offers a daily segment called A Mother's Moment on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Mater Dei Radio. She has spoken to several women's groups and conferences. She's appeared on EWTN and is a regular contributor on Relevant Radio. Emily and her husband, John, have seven children and they live in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome, Emily. I'm so glad you're here at Girlfriends. Oh, I love being here at Girlfriends. These are the best times of the day when we can spend some time with friends. Absolutely. And friends, I know is on your mind because you and your friend have written some books together. I know I've talked with uh, Michelle Fanley, your co-author before about Divine Mercy for Moms. We talked about that here on Girlfriends. But now you've got a new project and very appropriate for two girlfriends to do together called The Friendship Project. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Um, Divine Mercy for Moms was a really special book. It really brought Michelle and I together to co-author. And we both are busy moms and really busy in ministry. So working with another person just brought out the best in both of us. And like I said, it was a lot of fun. So after we finished that project, we spent some time reflecting on, you know, the women we've met and what really um, was most interested to them was they were interested in friendship. 
They were interested in, did you really collaborate? Do you fight? Do you really get along? You know, <laughs> I don't have any friends, you know, like we talked a lot about friendship as we go about speaking and, and we realized that there is a need for diving deeper into spiritual friendship and seeing that, you know, just because I'm a busy mom with seven kids doesn't mean I don't want to inv- be invited to in a night out with other moms, you know? Mm-hmm. So Sometimes we don't invite. Sometimes we um, are the one being left out. And other times we're the one just naturally leaving other people out. So what is this dynamic of friendship? What really is the purpose of friendship? And that, those are some of the things we um, touch with the Friendship Project book. So um, it's kind of an exciting project. And I'm excited to be here and talk about it. Wow. And that's such a great fit for our audience here at Girlfriends, because we're all about that. The The importance of women getting together with other women and sharing from their hearts in a meaningful way. I think it's something that our culture doesn't quite get. I mean, you hear about like mom's night out and it's typically like just, you know, uh, margaritas or something along those lines. Or, um, you know, it's a rare thing. Like, you know, p- women will feel like they need to really set aside time and it has, you know, all the stars have to align and they have to have the babysitter and whatever lined up to be able to get together with other women and, and share with them what's going on in their lives. Even, you know, even the small stuff, I think we really can be edified by sharing those things with one another, what would you say to people who are like, well, that's great. I don't have time because you know what? None of us has time, right? You're right. None of us, um, none of us do have time. The fact is we're all really busy. And one reason why we wrote this book for women specifically, not just moms is because everybody's wrapped up in something. If it's work, you know, if it's engagement, if it's marriage, if it's child rearing, little kids, big kids. So Um, The Friendship Project book is just a moment, an opportunity to pause, reevaluate your friendships in light of our Catholic faith. Because, yes, we could go to 10 margarita nights and get to know these these moms or these other women or networking. But what we're really longing for is spiritual friendship. We're really longing to feel Christ, to see Christ through our friends and to be strengthened in our faith because that's what matters most. So the Friendship Project book is all about that. It's got the practical. So every chapter is five suggestions for deepening and developing friendship, Mm -hmm. things that Michelle and I do, starting with many years ago when we did your book study. So fun is that Michelle and I have been in the same face sharing group for 10 years. So we picked the best of those um, experiences. And one is just putting something on your calendar to go to your book study group, go to your face sharing group. And we also talk about saints that were friends. So real lives saints that had a bestie and how that bestie, you know, helped them grow in their faith. And it's quite interesting that every doctor of the church had a canonized best friend that was a blessed or a saint in encouraging them to grow in their faith. So in this, yeah, a lot of people don't know that, that women had other women to inspire them in their faith. So that's, such an important piece to understanding sanctification. We need our community. We need our friends. Right. And uh, and I think sometimes we kind of give lip service to that. And then we let other things get in the way, whether it's not making it to your, your women's group study or not making that phone call to your friend or not stopping by or, um, you know, not making the, the play date where you can chat with a friend while the kids play, that kind of thing that I think it 
it tends to be less of a priority. But I loved what you said about sort of making that distinction between, you know, friendship and spiritual friendship. And um, and I also love that the book has a practical aspect to it. What would you say, like, if someone wanted to get a hold of this book and do it with a friend, kind of go through it, do you think it's conducive to that kind of thing? It really is. And one of the things that Michelle and I did is we actually did a video series, a free series that can go with each chapter and a lot of downloads on um, a website we compiled called the friendship project book.com. So one thing that was funny about Michelle and I, when we would go to our uh, face sharing group mm-hmm. is Michelle would do all the homework. So whatever homework there was, we bought your journal. We did the, you know, we did the journal and I would come in a little bit as the hot mess mom, right? Like <laughs> I just got out of the house. I dropped the kid off at basketball and I showed up to my group and you know, we really said that a face sharing group or a community or needs to be meeting the needs of both women, not just the ones that do the homework, but the mm-hmm. woman who just needs friendship. So um, the videos, you don't even necessarily have to read the book if you watch the video and go through the discussions. So that's one simple way to do it. Some women um, literally Skype it or, you know, their friend across the country or they come together they come together as a parish. So it's got um, different ways to doing it. But it's really for all women in all stages of life. Yeah, because you know, I I think that's a really good point to make, because sometimes we do emphasize like what moms need. And when we say moms, most of us are picturing like the the mom with young kids. Um, But no matter what stage of life you're in, your need for friendship and need for true connection with other women doesn't go away. And it might change. I know for me, and maybe you can address this a little bit, you know, when you go through a change in your your status in life, like getting married or having your first baby or having older kids in high school or whatnot, I find that my friendships have shifted. Um, and the, the kinds of people that I'm tending to hang around with have changed a bit depending on my life circumstances. You know, I think that's a great point. And even this year, I have six kids in school and I just have a 20 month old. So it's bringing back memories I had when I just had my firstborn. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, what do I do all day? I don't want to clean all day. <laughs> um, and all the kids come in the door at, you know, three or for my older ones later than that. So mm-hmm. just each, each moment of our life, we're constantly adjusting. And that's one reason why we called it the friendship project is we didn't want people to think that I once was a good friend, I'll always be a good friend. Or for me, I once was not a very good friend. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a no guilt study. This is about we're always in change. And the project is just as much about you as it is about developing friendships, thanks to the virtues that ground us in being a good friend. That's great. Um, Okay, so now I'm thinking of someone who might be listening right now thinking, that's great how the heck do I find good friends? Because I've heard from women over and over again who really struggle with this, whether it's their own temperament and shyness or introversion on their part that's getting in the way, or just their circumstances that they they feel very isolated. Do you have some words of advice or encouragement for somebody who feels like it's really hard for, for her to find friends at this point in her life? Yes, because for many of us, if it's military moms have reached out to us saying it's really hard to make friends, or like I mentioned, even for myself, I've switched schools a couple times in communities. So the first thing I would do was I would pray, you know, and we have a lot of original prayers in the book for faith-filled friends, starting with the patron saint of St. John the Apostle. So he's our go-to for faith-filled friendships and asking the Lord, saying, please 
bring me these friends. I want to have more quality friends. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of us, we might have awesome secular friends, but we don't really open up about our faith. It's just something we don't talk about. So the beginning, opening your heart to these types of friendships. And then next, you know, in the book, we give a lot of practical suggestions. One being, you know, open up your, your bulletin in your community and see if there's something that, that might, you know, pull on your heart. If it's a particular board or ministry you're involved in, if it's pro-life, um, if it's a work of mercy, you really want to get more involved in the community shelter. So kind of going with your heart. And a lot of the times the same type of people are attracted to that work of mercy or that mission. Another idea as we talk about is introduce yourself after mass, right? Mm -hmm. We all church on Sunday. We see maybe this really cute, nice mom that just moved into our community. And then we look at each other and then we look away. So a lot of times I make a deliberate effort every Sunday to introduce myself to one new person. And it's just a, Oh, hi, you know, I'm Emily Jaminette. I, you know, my kids go to school or, you know, just something, just little Mm -hmm. conversation. And a lot of times I tell other moms about a mom support group we have in town. So I just say, are you familiar that, you know, there's this great Catholic mom support group. And so, you know, that conversation I'm sure made their day because it sure made my day when, you know, someone would do that for me many Mm -hmm. years ago. So plug people in and be that person that connects people because it's really rewarding and it's a way to develop friendship. I think that's such great advice because, you know, some of the greatest advice I've ever heard about making friends was if you want to be, if you want a friend, be a friend. So we're all kind of sitting in our own little zones waiting for the other person to make some gesture toward us when really they're longing for the same thing. I think it's important to keep that in mind and get outside your comfort zone a little bit. It might require that, <laughs> you know, and then, and also the idea of bringing friendship to prayer. Maybe we don't always think about that. And where it really is a spiritual benefit in your life, of course, God cares about that. So, you know, don't be don't be shy about telling God that what you're really looking for is friendship in your life right now, or that you're feeling lonely and isolated. Well, one of the things I found really interesting was St. Francis de Sales used this analogy. And he he talked about how we need, the lady needs great friends to hold you up. Much like if you're on a slippery or rocky road or path, you know, mm-hmm. it's the other people hold you up so you don't fall. More so even, he said, than religious in the convent because they have a very ordered, structured life. They don't need those awesome friends. And so, yes, be a best friend to your spouse and have that relationship but really reach out to other women so that they can help support you during not just the great times, but the difficult times. Right, right. And I I think it's an important point that you make that to connect with other women, not just for the benefit that you will get out of that, but because you're called to be that benefit to other people. It's actually a duty that we have to participate in our communities, don't you think? I definitely think so. And we know we might have insight to someone who is struggling. Maybe there's a friend of yours who's going through postpartum depression. And instead Mm -hmm. of saying, wow, she's really down. She never comes out. She doesn't look very good. You know, being a good friend is about, you know, being a person of insight and, and really loving other people and not tearing them down. So, you know, that's, that's, like I said, I've never been a perfect friend. I'm not claiming to be the perfect friend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I will say that when we invest in relationships and we really bring them to prayer and we see ourselves as a person who's evangelizing, sharing people about Jesus Christ through friendship, 
you know, the Lord will work through you and really help you in all of your relationships. Yeah. And and I like the idea of bringing up perfection and talking about friendships, because I think sometimes that is a roadblock for some people. I know I've fallen prey to this before, like, oh, I really I want to get to know that person. As soon as I have my life in order, I'll have her over, you know? Well, guess whose life is never going to be in order? <laughs> and I'm never going to invite her over. So if you're waiting for that perfection to be perfect, you know, the perfect person, the perfect friend before you make that move toward friendship, don't let that get in the way. You know, it reminds me of what we talked about here on the podcast in the past about that idea of shabby hospitality. Like, don't wait for your house to be in perfect order before you invite people over because it'll never happen. So the same is true with friendship. Don't wait until you feel like you're the perfect friend before you make that move toward friendship. You know, that's a great insight. And one of the things that's really, a, you know, kind of a hindrance against spiritual friendship and a blessing is social media, right? Uh-huh. So all of a sudden, you know, look at somebody who we potentially could be great friends with and be like, oh, she is her life together. And um, I call it a lot Pinterest perfect, right? Yes. She's Pinterest perfect. I can already tell she had an amazing vacation. And, you know, someone the other day was like, oh, your vacation. I was so jealous. It looks so great. And I'm like, you know what? We all stayed in a pop-up and it rained half the time, you know? <laughs> It doesn't, you know, the image or the impression they had of it was a little intimidating. Mm -hmm. So I think in all of our relationships, we have to be very careful that, you know, social media is instant, wonderful, you know, to connect with people, receive prayer, you know, to receive connectability. But we also have to be careful that that is not our only way that we are seeking friendship and and really likes and, and you know, relationship is through social media. Right. It it truly is a cop out. And and it can feel like it's kind of satisfies that need just a little bit, you know, just gives you a quick hit of connecting with somebody. But it's not what our hearts and souls truly long for. So we need to be careful not to fall prey to that temptation, first of all, of making that the only way that we connect with other people. But second of all, of making that into a reality that it's not ever meant to be, you know, you're getting that little snapshot of somebody's life. And the temptation to despair is strong, because sometimes we're looking at our own mess and comparing it to that Pinterest perfection, and we're never going to match up. Well, that's a great point. And one of the things Michelle and I did with writing this book is we came up with these practical ideas and one being Friendship Friday. Like, you know, if every listener just implements Friendship Friday, you know, God can really help you. And that's on Friday, I reevaluate my relationships. Mm -hmm. So I pray for my friends. I think about my friends and I reach out to friends. So I, instead of just, you know, posting something on Facebook, I pick up the phone and I call an old friend Or, you know, we get together and have a spontaneous event if it's just, you know, an after school moment at the park or if it's a dinner, you know, with couples. So on Friday, you know, I'm I'm deliberate about my friendship and I can see there's so much more joy in my life because I'm not waiting for the invitation Mm -hmm. to arrive at my door to a cocktail party. (laughs) That is probably not going to happen. But instead, you know, I don't have to put on my cocktail dress, but I can have friends over and grill some barbecue and, and have a nice time. So that's been a great 
simple solution to developing um, great friendships. I love that. And and the in-person aspect, I don't think can be emphasized enough that we're, we're human beings. We have a body and a soul. And we can't just be connecting in these digital ways and think that that's going to satisfy our souls. We're truly not meant for that. In fact, that's one of the things I really love about our Catholic faith, about our Catholic Church, that it fully recognizes that we're physical beings, you know, like the sacraments, you have to be physically present and touch them and feel them and smell them and say them. And those those kinds of experiences are what make things real for us. And the same is true in friendship. You know, that's such a great point, because when you're deliberate about your friendships, the first obstacle, you know, I had to get over and many people have to get over is just intimidation, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I I don't think I'm going to call her. She doesn't want to come to my house or she has so many friends. And really, that was such an obstacle, I think, from the devil, because Mm -hmm. everybody has that same longing. And statistics continue to show us that people are more lonely now than ever before, you know, and the the wealthier our country has become, the more lonely we are, the more we're on antidepressants, the more that we are just kind of building our own walls of isolation. So one of the things you can do is go outside of yourself. And when you go outside of yourself, you also not only have better friends, but you also have more meaningful experiences and perspective on your life. Right. Oh, that's that's such a great point. Um, and of course, now you talked about the devil. And I think he has a hand in female friendships more often than we realize. Because, you know, when women get together and they build each other up, I think we're such a powerful force for the good in, in one another, but in the community, in our churches, in our families, in our homes, in our workplaces. I mean, we're such a powerful force together. But then if he can get us to be jealous or to be competitive, or to backbite or gossip or try to tear somebody down. And, you know, let's be honest, that's the flip side of female friendship. These things go on inside of female circles. If he can do that, we're also a powerful force for something very negative. Don't you agree? Oh, my gosh, I totally agree. And that's one of the motivations for writing the Friendship Project is that we need to develop these faith-filled friendships and start thinking, um, you know, in, in line of loyalty. You know, I, I now say, you know, if somebody is I'm feeling a little bit insecure, I'll say that person loves me. They want to be loyal to, you know, first God and and they're going to be loyal to me and I want to be loyal to them in that friendship. So I've had to really change how I think about things or generosity, you know, not being stingy with your friends in, in different ways and the people that you love, but really faith, hope and charity, you know, not being a Debbie Downer. That's one thing we talk about because mm-hmm. sometimes we can bring out the worst and really good people. And I, I, <laughs> say that even I can do that where I all of a sudden I'm spiraling in negativity when I really, you know, need to be a person of encouragement. So I think that when we're aware that it is a spiritual realm, it's a spiritual battle and that we really need to receive the graces of, of first having that relationship with Jesus and then being a better friend and cultivating these friendships and praying with our friends, because the best way to get the devil out of the friendship is actually praying with your friends. Right. I love that suggestion. And it doesn't have to be that you only get together for a prayer group, but make prayer a part of it, you know, get together and, and say some some prayers together and then do something that's fun together. Um, anything along those lines, I think is really important. Well, now we've talked a lot about sharing the faith as friends, you know, but and we're talking, of course, in terms of 
friends who do share our faith. But many of us have friends who don't share our faith or might share some parts of it, but not others. And that can be a tricky place to navigate sometimes because that does leave us feeling a little bit vulnerable or insecure inside of those relationships. Like, how much do I share? I don't want to be the preachy person in the group. But at the same time, at what point do I stand up and say, you know, here, here's who I am and here's what I believe. And I, I'd love to share it with you. You know, that's such a great um, observation and topic. And one of the things I first think about is the early church, right? They mm-hmm. didn't have pamphlets and catechisms to hand out to convert people to the Catholic faith. Right. They had their genuine and sincere, you know, internal transformation that attracted other people. So the Friendship Project, or for all of us, this spiritual friendship is about being the best person we can be around you know, the the wide circles of our life. So even in the work environment, being a person of loyalty, generosity, you know, a person of, of faith where you're not making fun of your faith, but you're really honoring and showing respect for your faith and for all people of faith. And um, I think about, you know, Aristotle actually was the first, one of the first people to write about friendship. Mm -hmm. And he gives us a formula for looking at some of the relationships in our life. And we don't want to hold people to this exact formula, but it gives us an idea of how to go about thinking about friendship. And the first is the friendship of utility. You know, we're going to have a lot of people such as our male person I wait to and talk to every day. But the minute that male person stops coming to my door, I'm not going to have a relationship outside of that, you know, thank you for the relationship. (laughs) Utility relationships are important. And I'm sure Danielle, everyone knows you at the grocery store, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're the regular checkout, but that relationship stays in that environment. And next, you know, our friends of pleasure. So we might have some tennis friends that we love to play with, and we might have some friends that we golf with or do activities or recreate with. But those friendships oftentimes can't satisfy your soul. They're not Mm -hmm. designed to do that. They're designed to bring you pleasure and, and for you to lead them down closer to loving Christ. But you can't go to those friends to seek spiritual, you know, consolement and, and, and prayer. They can't give what they don't have, but mm-hmm. they give you an idea of, okay, this is a friend of pleasure. I want to lead them to the next level, which is a friend of virtue. So the friends of virtue might be the people that we're super attracted to in the work environment, that we are neighbors. We really admire them so much for how they live their life but they're not necessarily connected to us on a love for Christ. Mm -hmm. So that last level is that spiritual friendship. And that's the highest form of friendship is having people in your life that can support you in your faith. And for many of us, and I've done this group um, study, the friendship project two times now. And for many of us, we had all an aha moment where we were turning to our friends of pleasure and utility and looking for spiritual counsel. And we couldn't figure out why they weren't able to give what they didn't have. So, it's it's kind of a nice way to look at your relationships in a quick little overview and realize that we're their first gospel many people might meet. So we want to always, you know, preach the gospel, but they might not be the right people that we're turning to for friendship. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a great point. And it's great, a, a great way to kind of categorize in our minds. And that doesn't mean that someone who's a, a you know, a 
utilitarian kind of friendship or or one of pleasure that you just you know hang out with and have a good time wouldn't eventually turn into a deeper friendship or a deeper connection i find that in my life i've sometimes been very surprised by all of a sudden being engaged in a very deep conversation uh for example it happened to me not too long ago sitting on the bleachers during a baseball game with one of the other moms who i'd seen and met and chatted with dozens of times but um that day you know i forget how we got started but she really just opened up about things going on in her own heart and her own faith. And we truly deeply connected in that conversation. So I think part of what we need to do is just be open inside of all those different aspects of our life for where the spirit might be moving us. That is such a great analogy because that's really where the Lord works is in those ordinary moments, sitting on the bleacher, sitting on the sidelines, sitting, you know, in an environment where people are relaxed. And one of the things we talk about in the book, and and I try to really do this is when somebody, a a friend, you know, you know, a, a friend of my children open up, I say, can I pray with you? You know, and I call it the holy five. It never lasts longer than five minutes, but mm-hmm. we pay for that broken heart that her daughter might have, or the the husband that's unemployed and the wife that is totally stressed out or these really stressful things. Like one of the things we have as Catholic women is we have this awesome tool called prayer in our toolbox. So, you know, offer it to other people. And you might realize just like you shared in that analogy, that story, like all of a sudden this friend you know, became a, the potential for that spiritual friend you've been longing for. And you really ate, were able to witness to your Catholic faith by being that that spiritual friend, that, that support when someone was going through a hard time. Right. And I, I think it's so important to just remember that and be open to it inside of all of our different relationships and be open to what other people might be ready to share with you. You know, I it, it came to mind while you were describing those different kinds of friendships, a friend of mine who was the only Catholic in her workplace, and she really fretted a lot about it, like, am I witnessing enough? And, you know, be listening to secular conversations, am I saying the right Catholic thing and whatever? And she really erred on the side of holding back and kind of regretted that. But years later, somebody that she worked with eventually had a conversion to Catholicism and came back to her and told her that she was instrumental in pushing her toward that. And my friend was flabbergasted. And it really was just her quiet example of what she was doing, what choices she was making in her own life that were speaking volumes to the people around her. You know, that is um, such a great, great story. And, you know, even just wearing your miraculous medal or, you know, your crucifix is a real witness in this culture. So how you view your friendships, if it's you're longing for better friends or if you're a little overwhelmed by all your friends in all your different stages, you know, this is a great reminder that this is a this is a way to witness to other people because when we're not people of gossip and slander and um, crude humor and, you know, we don't focus on drunkenness and, mm-hmm. you know, those things are a witness in this culture, especially um, in the women's culture. So I recommend that for everyone, recommit to the relationships in your life. And I've, I found with my own self, like I've reconnected with people from my childhood. And just recently, you know, I apologized to someone for something really hurtful I did when she was a little girl and she was so taken back, you know, but mm-hmm. I... I really did hurt her feelings because, you know, we were in fifth grade and we were silly, but our friendship never recovered from the gossip and the slander and the competitiveness at the time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there might be a little moment the Lord gives you an opportunity and I I can't even tell you the surprise on her face, you know, 30 years later. That's beautiful. But I felt in my heart that I was called to do it and I would do it again and again because 
I, I know I'm always in change. I'm always in flex. And um, that's my goal is to get to heaven. And I, I want to be perfected on this earth. Wow, I, I think that's so great. So again, the book is The Friendship Project. And it's by Michelle Fanley and our guest here today, Emily Jaminet. Emily, before we have to go, maybe um, can you give us one step that you hope everybody listening will take toward growing or cultivating friendship inside of their lives today? Well, I, fr- I think the first step is, you know, open your heart, close your eyes, say a little prayer, ask the Lord to give you these spiritual friendships, ask him to give you a faith community to help you to uphold, you know, your Catholic faith in a very dark culture. And after we pray about it, I ask you to just implement Friendship Friday. Think about your friends, reach out to other friends on Friday, open your home, open your gift of hospitality and, you know, connect with other people because the Lord wants us to be in community. And um, Michelle and I always say when you, he sent us out two by two. So we try to give that witness of two by two. And there might be another person out there that you're called to, you know, perform a work of mercy or start something as big as a women's conference, but it starts through relationships. Right. Such good advice. I love it. All right. And then real quick, just um, one more time, give us the website if people want more information about the Friendship Project. And um, actually, Ave Maria Press has a great special right now. Women love specials. So yes, give us the group and 10 or more books, they are doing 40% off in free shipping. So it's called Yes, Friends 17. So if you call the number, a lot of women's groups are are utilizing that special. And um, we have all the information on our website, the Friendship Project book.com. So you can find me on any social media platform. I'm very available. And um, I'd love to hear from your listeners and just know that we're all in this journey to find awesome friends here on earth to lead us to heaven. Well, Emily Jaminette from the Friendship Project, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us, Emily, and share beautiful stories from your heart. Well, I just love this podcast. You do such a great gift, reminding us of the importance of friendships. So I love it. Thank you. God bless you. And now I just know that you are inspired to go out and foster and nurture and discover female friendships in your life. Because you know what? No matter what age or stage of Catholic womanhood you happen to be in right now, that need for good friendships just does not change. It does not go away. And before we move on to some feedback here, I want to take a moment and thank Ascension Press at ascensionpress.com for partnering with me to bring you the Girlfriends podcast. They're such a great partner and supporter and encourager of all that we do here at Girlfriends. So thank you to Ascension Press. And you can check out all of the resources they have to offer, not just the Girlfriends podcast, other podcasts, other videos, other great media as well. You can check out their free media at ascensionpress.com and click on channels and you'll find lots of great resources there. Now I've heard from a few of you in the past week and I want to share a little bit of the feedback that I have received. First up from Cheryl who emailed me real quick and um, was talking about dinner ideas. Um, We talked about simplifying dinner routines and shopping and meal planning and that kind of thing a few episodes back and she said a few podcasts ago you asked for some ideas um, and you talked about roasting vegetables on a sheet pan. Yeah, big tip. If you want to eat more vegetables, if you want your kids to eat more vegetables, put them on a sheet pan, drizzle them with olive oil and salt and pepper, maybe some garlic powder if you're into that, and roast them in the oven. It is 
very different from the kinds of vegetables you're trying to force yourself and your kids to eat that might be cooked in the microwave or on the stovetop. Anyway, great idea. Anyway, she said she found a book called Sheet Pan Suppers by Molly Gilbert, and I'm going to check that out. She says it was only $1.99 um, when she picked it up, and she saw it at her public library. So I'm going to be checking that out. Thank you, Cheryl, Sheet Pan Suppers. Sounds great. And I've seen those kinds of recipes where you put, you know, the meat and the vegetables and everything just on sheet pans and cook them all together in the oven. Sounds lovely. I've made a few recipes like that, but I would like more inspiration. So sheet pan suppers by Molly Gilbert. Thank you, Cheryl. Okay, then I heard from a woman who doesn't want her name shared, so I'm just going to call her Kay. And Kay says, hey, girlfriend, my daughter and I love saying that. <laughs> Hi, Danielle. I just wanted to tell you what a blessing you are. The other night, I told my husband that I was pretty sure our 15-year-old, also a sixth child, hated me. She's our last, and honestly, I didn't know if I had enough energy to make it another three years in this parenting gig. My husband reminded me that all of the kids go through this eye-rolling stage, even the daughter who faithfully listens to me now. I knew he was right, but the next morning, I walked into the kitchen to hear my older daughter listening to your podcast. You were talking about your daughter and how you took her to the Scottish Festival, and just I just couldn't believe it. I just started laughing so hard that tears were rolling down my face. Thank you so much for sharing that. I tend to think of you as a much better version of myself. Oh, you're giving me a little too much credit there, Kay. I also have a son at Ave Maria, so hearing that you struggle with the same issue was reassuring. God bless you for all you do, Kay. Thank you, Kay. I appreciate that. You know, I shared that story about my Gabby, and I did share her name and all, but I don't, I don't often share, you know, those kinds of stories where, um, one of my kids' bad behavior, perhaps you might call it. But to me, it's honestly, it's, it's part of the human experience. And I don't even fault Gabby for it specifically. You know, every single one of my children, just like you mentioned, Kay, has gone through that stage. I feel like it's a normal part of development. And there are some people who will say, like, you know, te- surly teenagers and bad attitudes among teens isn't a normal part. It's something that our culture encourages and that sort of thing. I think there's there's room for some of that argument. The fact that our culture might encourage separation of teens from their parents and rebellion and that sort of thing. But honestly, I think it is a normal part of development. I've seen it enough inside of good kids who were good before it and good during it and good after it. It's just part of how they're growing up and how they're testing their boundaries and how they're trying to find their own voice in the world. So um, like I shared in that story about my daughter, I honestly do try to have a sense of humor about it. And honestly, it's not that hard to have a sense of humor about it because it's funny. It truly is. I mean... (laughs) It's a trial and it's annoying and it can be rude and that's when you put the limits on it. But at the same time, just watching your child go through that, I think it is actually pretty funny. Um, the fact that they, they need to go through that stage. And I, like I shared back then when I shared the story, I am in a place right now where I don't take it as personally because I've seen it. And because I've gone through it and I see the kid on the other side of it and I'm like, you know what? They still love me and they're still a good kid. And that was something that they needed to do. So yeah, we have our moments like that. And uh, I think it's good to share about them um, within limits for sure, but to share about them so that you know you're not alone. 
you know, moms share online and on Facebook and whatever about the trials of preschool and toddler years because those are trying in their own way. But then things get kind of quiet about the teen years and for good reason, because we want to respect our, our kids' privacy. And a lot of that feels very private, um, the kinds of struggles that our kids go through during those adolescent years. But I think in some general sense, we, we can and should share more often about those kinds of struggles because they are very difficult. And I remember how much I felt like what is wrong with my child? And I, I was tempted to take it very personally when my children were first going through those kinds of stages because no one else was talking about it. And I thought I was alone in that. So know that you're not alone if you're struggling with any kind of teen problems. And there is an episode that we did specifically on the teen years called The Truth About Teens. I'll link to that in the show notes for anybody who's interested in sharing just a little bit more about those teenage years. Okay, next up, I have an email from listener Teresa, who says, I just finished listening to Seven Ways to Live More Simply. That was last week's podcast. One thing I do that touches both decluttering and not shopping is when I receive catalogs in the mail, I call the company and ask them to take me off their mailing list. It reduces my mail and prevents me from finding something in a catalog or flyer that all of a sudden I must have. Have a great day, Teresa. Thank you, Teresa. That's a great tip. And you know what? It sounds like effort, right, to make that phone call and ask to be taken off the list. But I have found when I do that, it is effective, first of all. And it adds up. Your effort adds up and you end up with fewer catalogs in your mailbox. So it is a great tip. One other thing that I do is we use a P.O. box. So I pick up my mail at the post office and I will not even bring stuff home. So I'll sort through catalogs and junk mail and just put it right in the recycling bin right there. But even if you receive mail at home, you can do this by the minute you walk in the door with your mail or pick up the mail inside your house or whatever, wherever you receive it to not put it down on a counter or anywhere until it's earned that spot, until it's earned the right to be kept. So, you know, filter through it immediately because really, honestly, I find more than 50% I'm throwing away. I absolutely do not need it and I don't bring it into my house. So that's a great idea for decluttering. Another thing that I thought of when I read that, Teresa, was the idea that, um, we can do this also with our email. You can unsubscribe. And this is something also that takes effort. You know, I, I found that I ended up on a bunch of lists, stuff I no longer wanted or never even recalled signing up for. Not sure how I ended up getting this junk from people in my inbox. And I've shared before how I use my inbox sort of as an organizational tool, as a to-do list. So I really do need to keep it clean. So it is worth that effort of hitting unsubscribe um, on stuff that I don't want to be receiving. And it's very effective. It takes effort up front for sure. But then I'm also more discerning about where I will share my email address. Um, and if I am receiving stuff and the unsubscribe doesn't work, sometimes it doesn't work. I don't know what the deal is, but that's supposed to be illegal. But anyway, um, I, I use Gmail for reading most of my email and you can mark stuff as spam. And um, that's what I end up doing. Like, I'm sorry, company. Maybe you're not spam, but you are to me. <laughs> so I'll mark it as spam if they don't allow me to unsubscribe. But anyway, that's sort of a way of putting in just a little bit of effort to change your environment, whether it's physical with catalogs coming into your home or advertising or um, digital on your screen. Streamline and declutter your experience. Great tip. Thank you for sharing that, Teresa. Okay, and lastly, I heard from Kim this week who said, I love this podcast as always. Um, this is the Simplify podcast. I am really noticing lately that I am not my best as a mom when I am rushing around and overwhelmed. The more kids you have, the more places you need to be, as you would know even more than me. 
but I definitely need to simplify more. I particularly loved your idea about including some creativity in your schedule. I don't know how I can make that happen, but it's something that I would love. I wanted to make a recommendation about decluttering. I love Lisa Woodruff's Organize 365 podcast. She cracks me up because she keeps having to explain that it's spelt wrong but it's correct for me. Oh, so this is Kim who's in Australia, so the spelling's a little bit different. She is very encouraging and gives great ideas for decluttering and general productivity. I was also wondering if Ambrose was okay. I have been praying for all the people affected by natural disasters in the U.S. What a rough couple of months for you guys. I hope you have a great week. God bless Kim. Thank you, Kim. And yes, Ambrose is okay. A couple of episodes ago, I shared how he called to let me know he was okay in the middle of my recording of podcasts. And I was so relieved. So yes, thank you. But also thank you for the reminder to be praying for people affected by natural disasters and now affected by the terrible events that took place in Las Vegas. It seems that there's always another tragic situation around the world, but especially here in the U.S. recently, um, and also Mexico, North America. I It's just really, really discouraging um, to be hearing that news. I was so saddened yesterday to hear the news of Las Vegas. So yes, let's, as a community, commit to praying for one another, as we always do, but also praying for those affected by the events in Las Vegas and the natural disasters of the recent weeks and months. So if you have feedback that you want to share with me by email, you can reach me, danielle at daniellebean.com, or you can connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect on Voxer and leave me a voicemail is always in the show notes at daniellebean.com, or at daniellebean.com, you can click that little tab in the lower right-hand corner that says leave voicemail. I'd love to have your voice feedback, and I'd love to hear your voice on a future episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Now, before we have to finish up, I just want to share a few of the places that I'm going to be in the coming weeks. Um, the next time I'm going to be speaking is going to be Saturday, October 21st, when I'll be in Wichita, Kansas for the Together in Holiness conference there. Together in Holiness is a great program. It is um, designed for married couples, and it's put on by the St. John Paul II Foundation. Um, so I'm happy to be speaking there. I think I'm giving two different talks there. Yes, I am. In Wichita, Kansas. So if you're anywhere in that area, I'd love to see you on Saturday, October 21st. Then on Saturday, October 28th, I will be in Minnesota, Winona, Minnesota, at the Women's Conference there put on by the diocese. So if you're anywhere in the area of Winona, Minnesota, I'd love to see you on Saturday, October 28th. I'll have the link to all the details and registration in the show notes at daniellebean.com. And then another Together in Holiness conference that's taking place in St. Augustine, Florida, on Saturday, November 4th. I'm happy to be speaking there as well. So if you are interested in any of those, if you're going to be in the area of any of those events, I'd love to meet you. I always love to meet people who listen to the podcast. I feel like instant friends with anybody who says they listen. So uh, check out all the information for those events at daniellebean.com in the show notes for this episode. And if you're interested in having me come speak to your area, if I'm not coming to your area and you are interested in having that happen, check out all the information at daniellebean.com forward slash speaking. I would love to come to your community and meet you. 
So that's it for this week. I'm so glad that you've been here with me. Thank you for sharing this time with me. I always say it, but I hope it doesn't get old. And I hope you don't think that it's something trite because I truly do mean it. I really do appreciate your presence here. I am so encouraged by the fact that you take time out of your busy week to share with me, connect with me here at Girlfriends. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy.